Politic Podcast, the show for normal Americans. From this undisclosed bunker, here's your host, Tony Reed. circumstance where a large number of people have been victimized and lost. I spoke to them. I learned a long time ago what you all learned in your life. When someone's going through something that is beyond their comprehension, they've never thought they'd have to go through they see someone who they think understands or maybe they through something not the same but similar, it gives them some sense of hope. And I always get criticized sometimes on my staff because when I go to these events, I stay for three or four hours and answer all their questions. But it matters. It matters a lot. And, uh, and look, I'm talking, some of you have gone through a hell of a lot more than I've gone through and a lot more than other people have you understand. So it's just, it's just, uh, people are looking for just something to grab, something that gives them some sense, sense of hope. And that's, if I can do a little bit of that, then it's... And welcome back to Flyover Politic Podcast. It is the 29th of December, year of our Lord, 2023. We're doing our year in review. Just going to do one show. Not going to go as long as I usually do. I went back to actually uh, start looking at all the bookmarks I saved. It was 400. So for the last couple of days, I've kind of gone through stuff. And, uh, you know... It's so much. It's like, it's impossible. So I'm going to take it down just to, you know, 
things that I think are funny. Um, so we started, of course, with the President of the United States falling, which I just, once again, I, I don't want to be mean. I, I just, if it was any other president, th- this, this guy, I mean, we spent a fucking four years pretty much saying that, you know, Trump was mental as fuck and Trump had major problems and needed to be, you know, taken out. He, he needed a 25th Amendment. 25th Amendment, we need to apply the 25th Amendment because the president's incapable of doing a job. That's what we were told over and over and over and over. But now you have this guy who gets a strong wind, blows on him, and he fucking falls down, right? And we don't say anything. We just ignore it like it's not even there. Um, so that's how I started the show because it pretty much sums up our media. And every week we cover it over and over and over and over and over because they just are unable to pull out of the party politics, right? Like, I, I saw about 5,000 articles this week that Taylor Swift is, you know, he has, she has a, a sponsor, endorsed the president. I think that's the word I'm trying to get out. Sorry. I just did a podcast on music, which I'll talk about at the end of the show. I'm doing a music podcast that's going to go on YouTube. <clears throat> and so I'm like two hours into podcasting and my brain's starting to disconnect. But that was all over the press. Like, that's a big deal. That's going to get what? 12-year-olds to vote? I mean, who is she pulling in? Young kids are going to vote for Biden because that's what they do. When you're young, you're super liberal, so of course you're not going to you know, vote for whoever the Republican has, right? It's not going to happen. But that's our media because they think, once again, that most of us are sheep and if a star says, hey, I'm voting for this guy, well, we're all going to vote that way. And it didn't work in 2016. It worked in 2020 because the motherfuckers didn't mail in voting, and that shit was crooked as fuck. And we all know it because that potted plant didn't get 81 million votes. Another thing that happened this year, which is very interesting, because we hear it all the time, and we talk about how horrible January 6th was, there was a lot of insurrections. Social media right now, but you can see uh, just this group sitting in the middle of this cannon uh, office building there on the United States Capitol in Washington, D.C. There was a rally outside there. Uh, We did see several hundred uh, potentially thousands of people outside with signs and shirts, uh, as well as different representatives potentially speaking at this, uh, banners uh, calling for a, a ceasefire there as this war stretches into day number 12. Let's just continue to listen in here on Live Now from Fox. Uh, certainly uh, a story we're following very, very closely. A, uh, a lot of representatives walk through this building, this area frequently. Uh, especially now since they're dealing with this House speakership uh, battle, this drama taking place there. Uh, Let's just listen in here on Live Now from Fox.
Uh, you're continuing to listen in there. Chants and banners being held up inside of this rotunda inside the U.S. Capitol and office building right there. You can see them calling for a ceasefire in the war that's ongoing there uh, in Israel. Of course, we did see the numbers of deaths on both sides continue to grow since it started on October the 7th. Of course, we're learning more information as President Biden was in the Middle East there meeting with Israeli leaders as well. And we learned more here uh, today, as Israel said, Wednesday will allow Egypt to deliver limited quantities, quantities of humanitarian aid to the Gaza Strip. The first crack in a 10-day siege on the territory, a massive blast at a Gaza City hospital. And you can see a uh, police or a security personnel putting uh, some zip ties around the back of this person's hands there, potentially an arrest uh, as well here on Live Now from Fox. I don't know if they will do it with all of those individuals or if this individual in particular did something to warrant that. As you can see just in the bottom portion of your screen, another person uh, potentially getting uh, zip tied around the back of their hand. Uh, I'm not sure if these people are allowed to be there, probably not open to the public uh, as well. So uh, you can just see the chance continuing on. Uh, police in those vests around this uh, calling for a ceasefire in the middle. You can see the chants continue on. Let's just continue uh, to watch this. Of course, our camera kind of uh, meandering around over there. We do have some live shots. We spoke with different representatives kind of on this balcony area there in this rotunda uh, several times. It's about the House speakership, about different things. Uh, we spoke with Michael Bacall, the representative. We spoke with Carlos Jimenez yesterday. Uh, but this is, you can see some of the tripod set up as well. We just want to stick with this shot, live, raw, and unfiltered inside the United States Capitol uh, as a ceasefire rally, a group there inside the Capitol. We did see uh, shots outside of the Capitol. You see it right there, protesters taking over parts of the convention center today during the California Democratic Endorsing Convention in downtown Sacramento. That pro-Palestinian crowd making their way inside the building multiple times throughout the day and into the night, calling for a ceasefire in Gaza. And then later on into the evening, a group of protesters were able to bypass a security checkpoint, prompting the event to be shut down for the evening because of safety concerns. The aircraft traffic safe down there. I might get the controls this morning at the tiller, moving us around the best we can. So now we're starting to see a little bit more of that roadway. We're going to see if we can find where that group was. Right there, you can see some of that LAPD. We, we did hear that they are on tactical alert, as Gigi mentioned. They have a lot of officers making their way over here, and they're all going to be ground-based, meaning they're all going to be on foot, making their way down there. They're trying to take that last group into custody. Uh, LAPD, you can see them on the move, and they have their doors open, keeping an eye on where they might be. The last location I heard was possibly that car park that we see right there. So we're going to keep an eye out, see what we can do. But as far as traffic for LAX this morning, it's going to be very difficult. The main entrance off of Century still closed. LAX PD suggesting you take anything but, meaning Sepulveda Boulevard is probably going to be your best bet. You can make your way over to Sepulveda, Arvada, and then Airport Way. Sorry, go ahead. All right, Stu, thank you. Let's get over to Gigi now. She's on the ground to talk to us more about what's going on. Gigi. Well, definitely the entrance to LAX and the exit. Take a look at the... Confronted those protesters. 
Here's one angle of what happened outside. This was uh, posted by one of the groups that was behind this protest, actually, here. A congressman who said he was inside at the time said on social media that protesters had all of the exits blocked and that lawmakers who were inside couldn't get outside. Protesters said they wanted the attention of the people inside because they want Democrats to put pressure on the president to call for a ceasefire in Gaza. About 150 protesters came armed with these candles that they said were 11,000 of them to represent the reported number of people killed in Gaza. The group said they also had a lot of people who have worked for the same party they were protesting. And I thought that this party was on the side of life and on the side of all human lives being valued equally. Um, and so we were here as the base of that party to ask the Democratic Party to stay true to those values and call for a ceasefire. And we're met with violence and repression. Now, Capitol Police described this as a, quote, illegal and violent protest. They say one person was arrested for assaulting an officer. Just in the last couple of minutes here, we had a pretty massive group come in. So we're seeing a pretty massive group here come in, uh, protesters. Uh, I've just been told these, um, it is uh, Jewish uh, for peace. I, I just lost the name group. It's, it's something Jewish for peace, but the signs, as you can see, are uh, ceasefire, and the other sign there says uh, Jews uh, say ceasefire now. Now, typically when these protests happen, I mean, we've seen them before, uh, groups are allowed to come into the Capitol. They're allowed to be here, but once they start sitting down, like you're seeing happen now, that's typically when U.S. Capitol Police will have to come in and start making arrests. Uh, obviously, uh, they are here now because they're calling for an immediate ceasefire uh, in Gaza. We heard them say that. We heard uh, just a little while ago songs and chants for peace. I think it's notable. I mean, obviously, the situation in Israel right now is fluid and in Gaza and, and all of that. Um, the fact that we have this speaker's race going
Abortion is legal and, and here in California, we're doing everything we can to ensure that access it will be, um, will have access for patients. Crisis pregnancy is to care for the mother and to care for the baby in the womb. The womb is now in Oklahoma, the safest place for a child to be. Hey, thanks for watching. If you like this video, check out these other videos from USA Today to stay up to date with all the latest news. Could still change, but both sides were out making their voices heard. And here in Arizona, people who are pro-life and pro-choice showed up at the state capitol. And things got heated. At least two people are under arrest. Fox 10's Marissa Sarback is live with reaction. Marissa. Ellen Mark, certainly things did get heated here outside the state capitol, and I will tell you things just cleared up. People just went home probably about 20, 30 minutes ago. DPS confirming to us that two people were arrested, one for assault and one for disorderly conduct. So what happened? Um, he grabbed my sign and then I walked up to him to grab it back to grab it back. And he hit me. According to the victim, this man hit him during the protest. DPS confirming a second arrest, but at this point, his involvement is unclear. Hundreds of men and women outside the Arizona State Capitol building tonight protesting the Supreme Court's expected decision to overturn the decision of Roe v. Wade, a case altering the fabric of the nation in 1973. If the Supreme Court votes as explicitly explained in the leaked draft, this new decision would bring the issue of abortion back to the states. If this draft is the final ruling, then it would have a big impact here in Arizona. Abortion would technically become illegal effective immediately. Under Arizona law, dating back to our territorial days, right now it's unenforceable because of Roe v. Wade. I was like 10 step backwards, man. What are we doing? So I just think it's kind of silly, though it's 2022, you know, so. Most people rallying tonight outside. That's like a tip of the iceberg, all right? There, there, we had how many pro-abortion? They, they took over hearing rooms. They took over state capitals. They attacked everything. But by the end of the year, all you hear on the media is the stuff we're going to talk in a bit about Trump, but they're making movies like this. America and Christianity are like baseball and apple pie, and we celebrate them together. I was 16, 17 years old when I became a Christian. I'm an evangelical minister. I've been a Christian my whole life. I'm a Christian nationalist. I have nothing to be ashamed of because that's what most Americans are. Is Christian nationalism Christian? Um, no, it isn't. We should be blazing forth as a countercultural example, and instead, we're leading the charge of malice and division. 
Christian nationalism uses Christianity as a means to an end, that end being some form of authoritarianism. Being a Christian... Now, when I went back in to look at things, there was just, just under the subject of J6 insurrections, right? And I'm not going to play the sound bites. Um, it's insane. It's just insane the amount of stuff um, that came up. Just, just Maddo explain. We're not going to cover Trump stuff. Chris Hayes came up with just here's a new collusion theory that that he just made out of whole cloth. As of right now, there's no deal in sight because House Republicans want to start their holiday recess on Friday. It is that time of year. Today, President Biden made it clear what he thinks of the Republicans' attitude. Russian loyalists in Moscow celebrated when, when Republicans voted to block Ukraine's aid last week. The host of a Kremlin-run show literally said, and I quote, well done, Republicans. That's good for us. If you're being celebrated by Russian propagandists, it might be time to rethink what you're doing. Now, Vladimir Putin already enacted the most audacious criminal election sabotage in recent memory back in 2016, famously. When he looks at his prospects in the war in Ukraine and American politics, it is obvious that it is in his best interest to do whatever he can to help elect Republicans again. The guys who will assist his goals by cutting off aid to Ukraine, forcing it into some settlement under conditions of surrender. Just think about the message that is being sent by Republicans right now about what Vladimir Putin should What the fuck? So I'm going to wrap at this. We're not going to do slides today because there's just so much. Google continues bearing Biden opponents' fourth debate. All the debates got canned. Um, and, And remember, this is years of stuff. So I'm going to go through all of it. White white supremacists forms and prominent white national influencers are shambles after Tucker Carlson's firing. But now they're saying there's, you know, there's more white supremacists than there ever was. Hmm. Yeah, these people are garbage. Biden admin pressured YouTube to censor Americans. We're in the... This is just um, suppression and censorship. White House documents appear to show Biden admin disturbing plot against Tucker Carlson to get him fired. We covered it. Tablet. Pro-Hamas capital protest backed by Democrat dark money. It was a one-off. Never got talked about again. 2023, Google leads pack for worst censors of the year. Have engaged in alarming election interference. Uh, big tech manipulated the message and or suppressed the campaign websites of 23 of the 2024 presidential candidates. 92% of the censorship cases in the study were against conservatives. MRE's uh, total of 169 cases of just Google suppressing conservatives. Twitter censors tried to stamp out speech running counter to the left's narrative of transgenderism. They still are doing it. Meta targeted critics of left climate change. 
X's community note constitutes censorship by another name. Community notes are still being done by libs more than conservatives. IPOS Reuters poll shows 48% of Americans, 84% of Democrats, and 17 of Republicans still believe Trump and his campaign colluded with Russia, and that's been disproved. Biden's State of the Union addresses. This is just one of them. Fact-checking Biden's State of the Union. The president's speech contained no falsehoods. (laughs) Oh, my God. Remember we covered in the beginning of February, audible reckoning, how they wanted to take out podcasts. Hmm. These fucking people. They're horrible. Subset of Trump supporters likely to kill people in 2024. That was my favorite one of all year. I was going to save it for the end, but these are so jumble-fucked I couldn't. But that is just some good shit right there. They're going to kill people. Not all the lefties clubbing motherfuckers like baby seals right now. FBI received criminal information from over 40 sources on Joe Biden, and they've still done nothing. So do the math on that. When they had all those riots in, or in the DNC, and I showed all that, and the um, Roe v. Wade stuff, we have handled hundreds of peaceful protests, was what the Capitol Police said. Those are peaceful. The two people who burned down the Wendy's, remember? During the riots, guy was killed there. Cop was released because he didn't do anything wrong. Yeah, they got $500 fine. Because, you know. Yeah, that's nice. Nice stuff. Pentagon, FBI, DHS failed on January 6th, Capitol Police Chief says. That came out ages. Just ages ago. It's fucking insane. FBI continues its war on Americans. Conservatives agency is now flagging online terms red pill, based, and Chad. Which is why I got whiny when Taylor Swift said Brad Chads and Dads. Because, let's be honest, that shows how liberal she is. Because she's a 30-something. They don't actually think for themselves. And she's dating Mr. Pfizer, as I found out. That's the thing about that whole relationship that cracked me up. I thought there'd be more people getting pissed at her. But it's more, man, people motherfucking hate Travis Kelsey. Women don't. But I was going to do a whole segment on that because just him in reference to um, Pfizer. My God, it's irrational. I mean, it's just really irrational. And granted, of anybody in the world, I should have a problem with that because I'm the one that got whatever this illness is came because of the shot. You know, that's that's when it started. Um, and it sucks. But, you know, it, I don't blame the shot. It's me. You know, I had problems with fucking anthrax. It fucked me up. Just censorship. And I had like 300, but I literally got rid of it because there's so much. That's a repeat. Biden administrations were involved in Mar-a-Lago raid that we don't even hear about anymore because it didn't bring anything to it. 
FBI used uncover agents to investigate Catholics. Remember that? That whole phase? Biden DOJ recommended no jail time for trans vandal of Catholic Church who said, fuck Catholics. None of that Jane's revenge has been reported or even punished. It just hasn't happened. Suspect in leak probe. Remember we had the leak of uh, critical information with uh, the Air Force. Had a whole problem. The first report was he talked about God's guns. What the fuck is wrong with talking about God? Jesus. Ex-Capitol Police Chief blasts Pelosi for distracting J6. And remember, this is stuff for 2023. So that happened in 2021? FBI agents on violent extremism tax force urged J6 rioters to kill cops because they needed death, right? That's just insane. This is one of my favorites because I could go on all day about, you know, J6 and all that crap. But every riot we had this year that involved Democrats was peaceful. At the border, when we were told that once this stopped, Title 42 was going to be insane, they went to crowded, not chaotic, which then turned into, oh shit, the Biden administration's fucked. In the Nebraska State House during the abortion riots, six state cops were injured. Media never even covered it. You know, we're not going to cover that shit. Why would we? Biden White House pressured Meta to moderate texts on WhatsApp. Twitter censorship shockingly on the rise after Elon Musk takeover. When he took over, I got banned for two two different bannings. The next time I'm banned for good, so I don't even go there on uh, trans stuff because I said there's only a man and a woman, and they got pissed. Nets spend 273 minutes on Trump, zero seconds on Biden. That's in March. I have a bunch of these, so as we go through it, you'll see it. Oh, here's the next one. In April, 658 minutes on Trump, zero. They don't even keep track of it anymore because there's just there's too much. There's just too much. I mean, you can't even keep up with the amount of minutes they don't cover on Biden because they're too busy trying to get Trump not to get elected. Discord member details how documents leaked from closed chat group. And we're still having it, but it's not that big a deal because it's Biden. Nine big Biden scandals the networks have hidden. We covered it. I'm not going to go through it again. We all know it. They're not going to cover that shit. CNN. 16 times Joe Biden met with Hunter's business partners. Still nothing happening. Whistleblower says CIA rewarded analysts with big bucks to change COVID origin conclusions. That's like three years late, but we found it. We had the whole Ray Epps saga, which he was finally actually interviewed, and I guess he got community time. Which... You know, what are you going to do? Milley advised against court-martialing Flynn and retired generals critical of Trump, January 6th testimony reveals. 
But he's finally gone. President Biden, this was on January 6, 2023. January 6, our democracy is attacked. Two years later, we honor a few heroes, officers and public service alike, responsible for safeguarding the democracy. Today, 14 of them received Presidential Citizen Medal. And if you go back to it, they still said that they all died at the hands, not natural causes, which is a fucking lie. So, what are we going to do? What are you going to do? Sorry. I'm going to cover this last because this still angers me to this day. Jake Tapper. American Experiment was in peril on January 6th. And we're going to play that one. A somber split screen today. Uh, We're uh, going to go right now uh, to show what's going on on the floor. And then, of course, on the other side, um, on, on your right of the screen, chaos is... Uh, going on, um, and then that is handcuffing. That chaos is handcuffing Congress. Henderson. Republicans sputtering towards Jefferson. maybe or maybe not electing a House Speaker. On the left side of your screen, McCarthy. This is a moment marking uh, the anniversary Jefferson. of a day that threatened to end the American experiment in many ways. President Jefferson. Biden uh, is paying okay. tribute to those who put their lives on the line uh, as the mob invaded the U.S. Jefferson. Capitol and honoring individuals uh, who did everything they could to maintain the integrity of the election. President Biden is going to be speaking shortly, and we will bring that to you live when that happens. You know, we cover all this, but this was the president on August 2020. This was repeated so many fucking times and makes you want to fucking puke coat hangers. Yeah, what about the violence? What about the violence that the left did? Why don't we ever talk about that? I mean, it, it's once again, I, I don't I don't have a left right. When I started this podcast, I did have a left right. Now I think both parties are garbage and I think they're all garbage humans and I fucking hate them. And I'm still wondering that when I'm 56 years old, why I've never voted for anybody. I haven't voted for anybody. I vote against people. And why, why in the name of Zeus's ass crack, can't we have some parties that are decent? You know, some decent parties. That'd be really nice. Fuck, man. What about the crime and shit and looting? Exclusive failed January 6th evacuation response. Capitol Police radio traffic reveals radio silence from the command center because they wanted it to fucking happen. January 6th committee should have never had this information in the first place. The abuse of power in the last four years of Pelosi speakership. My lawyer has asked the White House, the U.S. National Archives, and which of them is responsible for leaking the social security numbers of people like Christy Nome. Well, she's a conservative. Conservatives can get all sorts of stuff. Just all sorts of stuff. And I'm going to play this because I'm not playing a lot of sound bites today because, you know, there's a lot of sound bites that I could play, but we'll be here all fucking day if we do that. And it's just a year in review. And the review of this year is it sucked. 
personally, it sucked. But as a country, we suck. When the most important thing all year is Taylor Swift's fucking era tour, and that's all you hear about, but you don't hear anything else, we suck. We fucking suck. We suck big time. Here is Ray Epps' interview, and, and just reverse it. Reverse it if it was a guy who was seen orchestrating anything else. And it was lefty. A lefty event. And it was a conservative doing it. They'd be in jail, but we've done nothing with this guy. We are going to the Capitol. Who is Ray Epps? A former member of the Oath Keepers who served in the Marine Corps and was an ardent Trump supporter, or at least he was, until conservative media post-January 6th began insinuating that he was a government plant for the deep state. What exactly was the role of Ray Epps in the chaos of January 6th? No matter how many times they push this conspiracy theory, this lie, it'll never become truth. Ah. Literally, ah. Right-wing extremists defeated on school board. When the right beats left, they're not extremists. Which I think is really cute. Rachel Bitfor, this is from March 2023. When do you want to take the threat of Republican fascism seriously before or after the Republicans seize control of the government and suspend the Constitution? The Germans and Italians would later... Oh, Jesus Christ, here we go again. If you are a Republican in 2023, you are a fascist. If you are married to in a relationship with a Republican in 2023, you are a fascist. If you are a friend with a Republican in 2023, you are a fascist. At some point, your action need to match your na- memes. It's a low bar. That was Sauer who works for CNN. During this time, and I didn't cover it because there's just so much violence coming out of the left that's okay and it's acceptable. Boom. What about these motherfuckers? Remember that shit? All that fucking violence down there? Haven't heard anything about it, have you? Of course we haven't because it's fucking a D. A D can do whatever the fuck they want. That's just how it works. Be violence all from their side. We don't say anything about it because it's not politically beneficial. But every time there is something wrong in a conservative administration, it's directly referenced. And then all year this year specifically, we had this hate in the military. I mean, the thing that bothers me about J J6 was horrible. What they did was wrong. There was violence, but it wasn't everybody. But this statistic, um, it sums up who's the fascist. 1,000 people. This was in March. There's more now. I think it's 1,100. 1,000 1,000. Dude, that's that's a lot of people. We're talking grandma. People that just, they took the metadata off phones and arrested everybody. There have been people that have had their houses raided that never even went there near the Capitol. They were just there for the 
you know, thing. Which, wow, really? Really? So, there's ones that are just heart-wrenching. And I'm going to leave this up. Three years ago, at 2.44 p.m., I watched an unmarmed woman, Ashley Babbitt, get shot and killed in front of me. The single-handedly changed my life forever. Even though it's been three years, it feels like it was just yesterday. The Sixth Committee refused to speak with me. And I'm not going to read it. This is the story of how he saw her just get killed. Just get killed. Or she just got killed. And it was no reason for it. Cops walked right past her with riot gear, and they didn't do anything. And then, of course, all fucking year we've had this nonstop. The threat for civil war is real. But they always call show conservatives. They never, ever, 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 ever do Democrats. They just, they just don't. So let's go into the hate. Here is a montage from Whoopi saying that conservatives deserve it. Uh, the most hateful real stuff, like real, supposed to be journalists, not the whoopies of the world. Um, it's not a lot. It's just a little. But, you know, it, it wouldn't be a year in review if we didn't cover all the hate the media has for everybody who doesn't think like them. I mean, the Republican Party right now has to make a decision, and it's their decision to make. We have party processes for a reason. But ultimately, if you listen to what Trump is saying, you don't just re- sort of regard him as a, um, as a spectacle, but you re- listen to what he's saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's basically portraying a future for America if he is put back in the White House, in which we don't have another election after yeah, that. That's ever. Right. Because the elections are all rigged, that the democratic process can't be yep. trusted, that Congress should just work for him, the Justice Department should just work for him. That's a strong man form of government. That's Don't not what we it. have. He canceled the news, like the right. news are done. That yeah. he wants to put MSNBC on trial for treason so yeah. that he can execute us. I mean, this is... And this he will is, put Rudy Giuliani on the Supreme Court. If he makes it that long, yeah. sure. Yeah. I mean, it is... that <laughs> The Republican Party is, if they're going to... If elevate somebody like that to represent their party in a, in a general election. Not only do we have a 50-50 shot of him being back in the White House, any major party nominee has a 50 party sh- yeah. a 50% right. shot, but the Republican Party will have to reckon with that for the, till the end of time. Republican-controlled legislatures approved nearly total abortion bans in 14 states. These states are now unsafe for women, especially women of childbearing age. You support sterilization of women by denying them the health care they need. How depraved are you? You know, you look at the Republican Party, just one final thought here, and it's just inhumane from so on so many levels, whether it's pushing an unhealthy gun culture where everyone should have an AK-47, uh, lying to migrants and shipping them off on planes and tricking them and dumping them places, or forcing children who were raped 
to, to carry babies to term. I mean, they are leading a sick, inhumane political party at very best. I mean, especially these governors in these states. And when a guy gets this nod and says that God ordained it, I'm like, well, boss, whose God is that? Because this is the whole point here is that we separate church and state, that we believe in the peaceful transfer of power. And the reason this guy is speaker is none of us had the time to read his resume and realize he's David Duke Light. Ultimately, if you listen to what Trump is saying, you don't just re sort of regard him as a, um, as a spectacle, but you re listen to what he's saying. Mm -hmm. yeah. He's basically portraying a future for America if he is put back in the White House, in which we don't have another election after yeah, that. That's ever. Right. Because the elections are all rigged, that the democratic process can't be yep. trusted, that Congress should just work for him, the Justice Department should just work for him. That's a strong man form of government. That's don't not what we it. have. He canceled the news, like the right. news are done. That yeah. He wants to put MSNBC on trial for treason so yeah. that he can execute. I mean, but the Republican. They've said it all, but this is the beginning of the end of the Republican Party as I see it. I don't see that they're going to win in any elections anymore in this country, not national elections. Yeah. They're on the wrong side. These kids were born in 1997, not 1897, which is where the Republican Party is going. And they're like, hey, whoa, hold up. I don't want to get killed in school. Yeah. I don't want to, you know, be in the middle of another tornado or whatever the hell's going on in this country. All I hear about are tornadoes all the time. Mm -hmm. Is that mm -hmm. climate change? It Probably. is. It yes. is part it of is. climate yeah. change. You know, and they don't want all these. They don't want it. They and don't want. Young, and they think, want. They they want their abortion rights just in case. Yeah. They think, want it. I think young women want. And they're gonna. The only way the Republican right. Party mm -hmm. fights against this is to raise the voting age, stop people from voting. Right. All they do is tricks. Well, that's tricks. right. That's I'm always, you know, I'm, I'm reluctant to say he should resign because we're all innocent until proven guilty. But like, dude, gold bars like in your Senate jacket with your name on it. Like everyone has that cousin that will hold those gold bars for you. You can say, yo, can you hold a couple of gold bars for me? They may take one or two, but they're going to hold it for you. Like, he had cash in the walls and cash in the closets. and It's just so in your face that it's disgraceful. It's yeah. disgraceful. And why do you think you can get away with it? I'm tired of hearing about Supreme Court justices taking luxury trips with billionaires. I'm tired of hearing about, you know, I'm tired of hearing about that. Let's, let's bring grace back into the service of government. You're serving the people. Oh, look, this one for me, no, this one for me is not easy. I have known Bob Menendez for yeah. almost 30 years. I have worked with him on many, many issues. There is not a, an important issue to the Latino community. There's not an important issue about freedom around the world, about freedom in Latin America that he has not been on the forefront of. He is the most senior Latino in Congress. He, is, he was the chair of the for Senate Foreign Relations Committee. I can tell you, I have worked with him time and time again, brought many wealthy clients to him, brought many issues in front of him. Never has there been any hint of impropriety. Never has he hinted about a payback or anything like that. So I'm having a very hard time reconciling the evidence I saw shown on TV with the Bob Menendez I have known for almost 30 years. This is personally hard for me, but you know, when I saw all the evidence, I get it. I'm, I'm sh Here's my thing with Hunter yeah. Biden. 
I do think there's probably corruption. I do think he traded off of his name. But to my friends in the GOP, we can't make this our whole personality. Like we've Too got late. a guy, we've Too got a guy late. running for president who's likely to be the nominee, who's soon to be thrice indicted. How are you going to argue that the the actions of the president's son, who is not elected, he's not appointed to mm -hmm. office, is somehow more important? I agree with Richard Hudson, uh, head of the National Republican Congressional Committee, who's like, talk about the economy, talk about border security, talk about jobs. This is not the focus that we need to be there there was an irs whistleblower who came forward a, a registered democrat, a democrat who basically said that he at times raised God. flags about his his taxes within the irs and was basically swept aside he did challenge david weiss who i would mention is a trump appointed um a, a prosecutor mm -hmm. in this there there is there is something there worth investigating i am for him being thoroughly investigated does not need to be in congress that is a waste of taxpayer dollars let the department of justice do it i don't mind a special counsel either as i got just dragged by the right wing yesterday for saying there is no reason to impeach Joe Biden and I stand by those remarks if someone can come forward and say here is the evidence yes. that Joe Biden somehow profited off of Hunter Biden's misgivings 100% I have not seen that And my advice to House Republicans is put up or shut up on this make it abundantly on everything where a Democrat can't even look yeah. away because they see the corruption there and I've not seen that and by the way I don't support every time Republicans start talking about abortion we're losing so what do you think well, I just love Chris Sununu. He gets it. There's just a lot of the Republican Party is leaning so far into, you know, wanting to place as many restrictions on abortion. But I said right after the Dobbs ruling came down, I'm Episcopalian. I'm personally pro-life, but I believe in some access and some limitations. But pro-life can't be a slogan. It can't be a hashtag on Twitter. If your goal is to have fewer abortions take place, then you need to come up aside, alongside the most vulnerable moms and give them support that they need. So that means, you know, investing in paid parental leave, access to contraceptives, more increased funding for foster care. You can't just talk about it and be like, oh, but we're not actually communicating what we expect you to do after we require you to have the child. So I think it's, it's a very welcome position to see some prominent Republicans trying to find a place in the middle, but it also is untenable to just say you're against abortions, but you're not going to support. It's also not a universal truth when life begins. One example is there are Jewish women suing in Kentucky because according to Jewish law, a fetus is regarded as part of a mother's body until it begins to leave the womb. People aren't doing this lightly. Like this is not something where they're sitting around engaging in this. Only 1% of abortions occur after 20 weeks. 93% occur in the first trimester. And I tend to think when people say, well, it's God's will, it's a miracle, it's life. If it's God's will on the way in, it should be God's will on the way out too. That brings into question, are you taking heart, heart attack medication? Are you treating your cancer? Are you dying when he said you should? Because if we're gonna argue about life in, let's be honest about life out. Mm -hmm. Don't go to the hospital if you're hurting because it was God's will. Well, like, I don't like the inconsistencies. So, <laughs> what do we actually see in here? What was happening? Well, isn't he professor positive? <laughs> he Unlike Trump, everything's bad. There's doomsday. He's more in the Reagan-esque morning in America. Things are fabulous. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And he's also hedging his bets. He doesn't really go out and say he's not pro-choice, exactly. Although he did say, what did he say? That he would vote for anything they put on the table, the Republicans. Mm -hmm. So he is not pro-choice. And he's one of these guys who, you know, he's like Clarence Thomas, black Republican who believes in pulling yourself by your bootstraps, rather than, to me, understanding the systemic racism that African Americans face in this country and other minorities. He doesn't get it, neither does uh, Clarence. Right. And that's why they're Republicans. Yeah. <laughs> We're talking about the stupidity of this new 
approved, shocking standard for teaching African-American history. When you talk about enslaved people and, and the, the, just the horrible uh, things that happened to slavery, what we often forget is that slavery continued, uh -huh. right? So you, you sort of erase then Jim Crow and, and, you, and you erase Reconstruction and you erase the sundown laws and you, you just start erasing the wealth gap and the inequality and you erase the fact that while black people maybe he taught his son how to be a blacksmith. This country was built on the backs of black labor for free. So don't sit here and tell me one side of the story that black people may have had an enhancement when white people really benefited the most and continue to do so today. We'll talk about the and banking. I believe that's what they are trying to hide. Talk, talk about all of it. Talk about like the this. banking that you, you know, if you were black, you couldn't get a loan. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Talk you about home. you couldn't get a home. You couldn't get the vet loan. You couldn't drink certain water from certain. But yeah. But that's why it's you know? so upsetting when people say, "But I didn't have anything to do with it. I didn't own slaves." No, but you continue to reap the benefits of it. We're telling you this history. It's our American history because you need to know so we don't repeat it. And here you come, DeSantis, trying to repeat it. Well, you know what? As long as the Smithsonian is standing, as long as there are books, as long as there are families, because remember, we didn't have books. All these stories come to us from our families. You don't call our families liars. They know what happened because their grandma's 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 grandma told them. You, sir, are, uh, you are, uh, I, can't, I can't even say the word. I know, a lot of the view, it's never good. It's never good at all. Craziest analysis of war. Oh, I'm going to come up with that in a second. This is the view. Conspiracy theories. The view suggests GOP behind classified doc release of Biden. The view claims Republican planted cocaine in the White House. Whoopi suggests GOP plot behind why Bowman pulled fire alarm. Whoopi claims DeSantis used body double in campaign ad. The View blames Trump and rain at Burning Man. The View scoffs at Biden Pizza Pros accuses McCain of crimes. Um, we started with the winner, Rachel Maddow, basically portraying the future of America if he is put back in the White House, in which we don't have another election after that because the elections are all rigged. Then Brzezinski, Republican-controlled legislators approved nearly total abortion ban in the 14th state. These states are now unsafe for women. Arr! Abortion, abortion, abortion. Abortion, abortion, abortion. Always abortion, abortion, abortion. It's so fucking crazy. All it's is so fucking crazy. Trying to see if I can get this to work. We have this one. Um, this one I love because we're going to start doing a little Biden stuff. You know, I know party politics supersedes everything, but there have been many times during this last year, if you remember, that the left was starting to. There, there was some behind the scenes stuff, right? Like, we got to get rid of this motherfucker. He broke dick. Him broke dick bad. The media didn't do it because the media is still 100% behind. It's got to be Biden. It doesn't matter. Um, it just doesn't matter. We, we, need, we need Biden. 
But this video was just next level crazy. Absolutely not. Uh, as he says every day, uh, watch me. Uh, and he puts many of us to shame with his energy. He is, you know, as, as, I, as I age, I appreciate wisdom even more. No, 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 not, not at all. Not at all. We've had uh, many leaders uh, his age that have uh, done extraordinary things for America. And there's no reason why he can't accomplish his, uh, uh, just as much or more in his second term as he did in his first. Can you ask for any more experience? Vice president, president, senator, experience really counts, especially in the world today that is so dangerous. I think uh, he's the right guy at the right time. He seems to be doing fine, so uh, I think he'll keep on keeping on. And I think that he has proven he can deliver. Caitlin, uh, I've heard uh, President Biden, going back to his 36 years in the U.S. Senate, deliver a lot of speeches over the years. I've covered him for many, many years. I've gotten to know him a bit. Uh, I think this was the best speech I have ever heard him deliver. He was passionate. It was extremely well written. He clearly had practiced it, uh, and he, he, he delivered a powerful message to the American people. Now, in that block, I also had the nine heated statements that, once again, the conservatives said it. Oh, that's hateful rhetoric. Jane Fonda saying murder pro-lifers. Remember that? The view, God will pro-lifers die rather than get cancer treatment. Joy Behar. East Palestine got what they deserve for voting Trump. Remember that? Hostin, judging a person's character, not skin color. View, all white people continue to reap the benefits of slavery. Hostin, the problem with gun owners is white skin. Anti-Semitic Hostin defends calls for Jewish genocide on college campuses. Whoopee, white people need beatings before police reform. Joy Behar, Tim Scott, Clarence Thomas are clueless on being what, what being black is. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's bad. That's bad. It's really bad. During this time, Biden tried to get John Meacham to join, but MSNBC is still doing their thing, right? We, we see him all the time. And in that bite, I forgot that I added it, was the greatest State of the Union ever. And everybody on the planet was like, that was fucking chewed the fuck up. I mean, the reality that we still do a state union is one of the dumbest things because, I mean, the rea- it was just supposed to be a letter to Congress. It was never supposed to be this dog and pony show where, the, where basically the media say, hey, look at Joe Biden. He's the greatest ever when we all go, that motherfucker's a soup bone. He's a fucking soup bone. Crazy. Then there's this soundbite that... Uh, let me read it because it's it's hard to believe this is a real soundbite, but it is. J6 panel lead investigator tells MSNBC Trump very similar to Osama bin Laden. Tim, let's start with you. Jack Smith takes issue with what he calls Trump's habit of blaming other people for what happened on January 6th. I want to read just a little bit more for you from the filing quote. The defendant has signaled his intention to blame the events of January 6th on the Capitol Police, National Guard, and the district's mayor. 
courts in this district have overwhelmingly rejected attempts by other January 6th defendants to shift the blame to law enforcement. And as a legal matter, the alleged shortcomings of law enforcement do not sanction the defendant's criminal conduct. A bank robber cannot defend himself by blaming the bank's security guard for failing to stop him. A fraud defendant cannot claim to the jury that his victim should have known better than to fall for his scheme. And the defendant cannot argue that law enforcement should have prevented the violence he caused and obstruction he intended. Whew. Tim, from tr trying to shift blame for January 6th, something the January 6th committee itself grappled with, your reaction to this filing? Yeah, Alicia, you know, when we first started working on the select committee, we kind of looked at the 9-11 commission as the gold standard of sort of an example of what we were trying to do, credible, nonpartisan accounting of what occurred. In respect, with respect to 9-11, the commission found that there were failures of U.S. intelligence that perhaps should have been more acutely aware of the threat posed by al-Qaeda and Osama bin Laden. But that did not absolve Osama bin Laden and his conspirators from flying planes into the World Trade Center. Very similarly here, we found that sure, there were failings of law enforcement to share information, to operationalize the intelligence they had about the prospect of violence. None of that absolves the proximate cause of the attack on the Capitol, which was President Trump and his co-conspirators. So we have heard this attempt to shift blame. Uh, our committee found that, that, that it did not succeed, that the only reason we had a riot at the Capitol was because of the that was the final prong of a multi-step intentional plan to disrupt a joint session and prevent the transfer of power. The context... Yeah, that's that's horse pucky, horse pucky. Here's Clet uh, Krugman saying 2023 was one of the greatest years ever, financially. Yeah. So here's the craziest an analysis award, and I'm just going to play Don Lemon. I'll play them both. Many Democrats say that he'll be running against his age, in part, until a Republican nominee is chosen. In fact, one central message in new Republican candidate Nikki Haley's campaign is that the U.S. needs younger leadership. In the America I see, the permanent politician will finally retire. <laughs> We'll have term limits for Congress. And mandatory mental competency tests for politicians over 75 years old. Elder statesman here. This whole talk about age makes me uncomfortable. I think that I think it's the wrong road to go down. She says people, you know, politicians or something are not in their prime. Nikki Haley isn't in her prime. Sorry. When a woman is considered to be in her prime in her 20s and 30s and maybe 40s. What do you that's talk not Wait. I, that's not according to me. Prime so for what? Uh, it depends. I mean, it's just like prime. If you look it up, it'll. If you look, if you Google when is a woman in her prime, it'll say 20s, 30s, and 40s. I don't necessarily. 40s. Oh, I got another. I'm not saying decade. I agree with that, 
So I think she has to be careful about saying that, well, you know, politicians aren't in their prime. You need to qualify. Are you talking about prime for, like, child growing? Or are you talking about prime for being president? Don't shoot the what the facts are. Google it. Everybody at home, when is a woman in her prime? It says 20s, 30s, and 40s. And I'm just saying Nikki Haley should be careful about saying that politicians are not in their prime. And they need to be in their prime when they serve. Because she wouldn't be in her prime, according to... Google? You know, Google or whatever it is. Um, look, and you have to be careful because older people vote. Older people watch linear television, right? And so she has to be careful about turning off a certain constituency who may be her strongest set of supporters. I mean, look, she is raising this. Do so you think it's smart? We had the conversation earlier about do you think it's smart for her to do that? Because in that, right, she's, she's going to turn off a lot of older people, and of course, these are her words, she's bringing this up, that politicians are no longer in their prime, right? And that was according to her. And so, she, I think she's I gonna, she's I, alienating yes, some I people. heard the earlier. But I have to stick up for older people here, because it, it feels, there's something that could feel ageist about this, and it stings when you say someone is in their prime in their 20s, 30s, and 40s, Poppy's like, <gasps> it stings. Just simply looking at the people who traditionally show up to the polls, they're usually older. Yeah, but they're smart and they, you know, they make these decisions about who to vote for. And to your point earlier, you know, the idea of prime that you would Google on the Internet, that's about sexual and reproductive prime. That's not actually about, like, mental health and aging. And there has been so many advances. Well, those are my words. No, but I'm those just... Those are Nikki Haley's words. No, I, I'm... Yeah, but to yeah. be clear, like, you, you raised the question of that could somehow be a double-edged sword for her, that, you know, she could be out of her prime in some way. That's not how it works. I mean, people are really looking at folks who are in their 80s, upper tier, and who they are questioning every comment they make, every stumble, every stutter, and pointing to that in the political wars as some sort of sign of something. That's it, very different than saying... You have to have the same saying, energy for that because there are people who feel offended by that. And again, I'm just... And I think it's individual. I don't think it's based yeah, on Yeah, but no one's going to look I at Nikki Haley individual. and say, is she in her prime or not? Um, I, I don't know. I mean, there may be some people who would say... Because, again, I don't think people would be saying that if she didn't... He's one of these guys who, you know, he's like Clarence Thomas, black Republican who believes in pulling yourself by your bootstraps, rather than, to me, understanding the systemic racism that African Americans face in this country and other minorities. He doesn't get it, neither does uh, Clarence. Right. And that's why they're Republicans. Yeah. I read this book. It's very charming. It's about, basically, about Harvey Milk and how you, you know, how the whole thing came about. And I think that kids would like it, too. Because yeah. it's, a, it's a children's book. That's a history. Yeah. It's called the, right, the Story of Harvey Milk and the Rainbow Flag. Its authors are Rob Sanders and illustrator Steve Salerno. It was one of the most banned picture books last year. And there are mother's groups uh, where I live, and they are picking up banned books, and yeah. they are giving them back to schools, and they are giving them back to libraries, and there are, like, mobile little libraries yeah. with, filled with banned books. And I think maybe that's the only way that we can stop this, this paper genocide that we're seeing of, of our history. Hey, how about a little baseball? Climate change and home runs. That's right. Home run weather. Heat and humidity reduce air density so baseballs can fly further. Well, guess what? They have been taken off. The baseball season has warmed over two degrees since 1970. Each two degree of warming adds about 95 runs per season. That's right. And that's why we've been seeing all these home runs.
Nikki Haley isn't in her prime. Sorry. When a woman is considered to be in her prime in her 20s and 30s and maybe 40s. What are you talking about? I was going to play some cuts about climate change, but I just want to make sure that under Biden, eight million illegal aliens have come in. And this we covered this a couple months ago because munch ago, because I just ate lunch, homemade kimbap. Yeah, Santa got me a sushi-making kit, and I just, oh, my God, it's so good. But look at that. that that's just, I, I'm just going to, that's what I'm just going to leave it there. Because it doesn't matter. I mean, we cover it all day long. Nothing's going to change with it. It's just how they are. I was going to cover late night, bottom 10, but who the fuck watches that anymore? So who fucking cares? Here's 21 lies Biden's done. Biden claimed multiplication. He used to drive 18-wheeler. Biden claimed multiple times spoke to inventor of insulin. Biden claimed his house burned down with his wife in it. Biden claimed he raised Puerto Rican community. He's raising a black community, a Martian of beauty. I'm not even going to go down this. He lies all the time, but it's cute because it's Uncle Biden. So we don't care. It's going to cover the worst jihad award, but we've already covered that to death. We know that our media is all down with it. They're just down like the dog pound. And it, it's sad because it shouldn't be that way. What I will cover is the military. And so we're going to see that we had numerous drone attacks on our aircraft. We have Kirby saying we didn't leave weapons in Taliban hands. And then we have uh, the amount of strikes we've had during this administration on troops. All right. And I don't have it, but it is insane, all right? We've done 313 missions this year against ISIS and Al-Qaeda. But there's been over 100 attacks on our troops under Biden. And I remember the media saying, Trump's Benghazi for Africa. That what Kevin Pak said, the weapons that the Taliban used were the weapons that the U.S. left in Afghanistan, okay. the goggles. I the haven't guns. seen those reports, but let me remind you, please, take the opportunity to remind you, we didn't just leave a bunch of weapons in Afghanistan. This is a fallacy. This is a farce. Overnight, the U.S. launched retaliatory strikes against an Iran-backed militia group based in Iraq. The strikes came in response to a... Christmas Day drone attack on an Iraqi military base that injured three U.S. service members, including one who's in critical condition. For more on the tensions in the Middle East, let's bring in Raphael Cohen. He's the director of the Strategy and Doctrine Program with RAND Corporation's Project Air Force. Raphael, great to see you, uh, and thanks for being here. Uh, there have been more than 100 strikes targeting U.S. forces in Iraq and Syria this year. We mentioned that earlier. So why is all this happening right now? So, first off, thanks for having me on. 
I, I think it's important to give a little bit of background here. Uh, the group that the United States struck, Kateb Hezbollah, has been attacking American forces ever since the invasion of Iraq. So it's for, for about two decades now. Now, as you mentioned, those the number of attacks on American forces in the Middle East has surged since the October 7th Hamas attack against Israel and these uh, start of the Israeli uh, retaliation. And I think this is part of a broader effort, particularly by Iran, to pressure the United States um, from backing off of its to Israel and as part of its grander ambitions inside the Middle East. So the real question, and everyone's fear here, is could this lead to a direct conflict between the U.S. and Iran and expand this uh, regional war much wider? Yeah, so the Biden administration does not want to have a broader conflict with Iran, particularly now that they're going into an election year. That said, I think there are at least four possible ways that you could end up entering into a broader conflict with Iran, even though it's not necessarily in the United States' best interest, and I don't think it's actually in Iran's best interest either. First off, uh, you had this attack against American forces by Kateb Hezbollah. Uh, they end up injuring three American service members, but you can easily imagine a future attack actually killing American service members and then prompting a even larger American response. Second, we have this ongoing proxy battle with another Iranian proxy, the Houthi rebels against international maritime routes uh, in the Red Sea. You can imagine how that, again, leads to escalation. Third, you have a potential escalation between Israel and Iran. Uh, Israel's just killed a senior IRGC leader in Syria uh, as part of its effort to try to deter Iranian intervention along its northern border. So you can imagine how that escalates. And then finally, we have the simmering tension between the Iranian nuclear program and the IAEA just announced later earlier today that Iran was pushing forward on some of its restraints on uranium production. And so you can imagine how that sort of prompts escalation, even again, if it's not in the United States' best interest and probably not in Iran's best interest either. Yeah, the main... Uh, this was from March 25th. You want more? Because, you know, it could be it could be AI. Hmm. What about that? Yeah. Rows and rows and rows and rows and rows. What did I say? Rose? Yeah. Rose. It's. Makes me angry. I lost a lot of friends. I lost a lot of fucking friends over there. So we could just hand that shit back. And I lost a little bit of me. But Biden won. So that's that's all that matters. He made another world leader lie that the country wasn't falling to the Taliban. And, uh, yeah, that's good. Then during this year, we also found out that um, Catholic priests that have been coming forever are no longer welcome in Walter Reed, which, you know, religion is kind of important for a lot of people, but fuck that. Officers teaching course that white people are garbage. I'm not going to show because they're about going to woke. And then the one that just motherfucking drove me batshit fucking crazy is that we renamed 
Benning, Bragg, Gordon Hill, Hood, Lee, Pickett, Polk, and Rucker. Because, you know, why not? Before we go into woke, because this is all media, this is why. This is why we are the way we are. 3.4%. So basically 96% of the media is woke. And when you have just all woke, it turns into a joke. We have just one version of every story. We don't have anything different. It's kind of crazy. So we're going to start off with Dylan Mulvaney up front in our woke. It's going to be all sorts of goddamn painful with her being, you know, the president doesn't get interviewed for any important interviews. We've had no real journalistic interviews. It has all been puff pieces, but you know, that's what the left gets. You know, we, they, they just, they get, they get the fucking easiest ride in the world yet. They, they still get the Hillary Clinton concept that the right wing conspiracy is ruining the world because they don't get to just have, you know, unfettered news put out. And then it'll go straight into some climate shit. Hillary Clinton and an interior secretary crying. Because why not? Whether Joe Biden believes this madness or is simply too weak to resist it, his administration has been completely hijacked by the radical left. The dividing line in America is no longer between right or left. The choice is between normal or crazy. Uh, we're going to move on now to trans rights. There have been many anti-LGBTQ plus bills introduced and enacted, outlawing things like gender-affirming health care and banning kids from playing sports. To go deeper into this issue, here with us today is Dylan Mulvaney, who's welcomed us into her life by, you know, showing on social media her girlhood series. Let's take a look. My name is Dylan Mulvaney. I am a trans woman and I am documenting my transition publicly on TikTok for the world to see. When people started watching and the numbers kept getting higher, I realized quickly how public my transition would be. Of course, I knew that there would be backlash and negativity. I try to not let the internet's words hurt me or my spirit. But do you know what does hurt? Seeing people in power and authority figures creating laws and bills that are actively trying to harm us transhumans, especially trans children. Our lives have become political talking points. Lawmakers in many states want to exclude us from participating in sports or getting proper health care. Some folks want to decide where we can use the bathroom. No one should have fear living in a state that they call home while being true to themselves. No one should have their lives put in danger because of who they are inside. That's why I'm sharing my story with the world. I'm using my platform to stand up for my community and for any of the little Dylans that deserve a clear path to their true identity. Uh, Mr. President, this is my 221st day of publicly transitioning. God and, love you. Uh, thank you. I am extremely privileged to live in a state that allows me access to the resources I need, and that decision is just between me and my doctors. But many states have lawmakers that feel like they can involve themselves in this very personal process. Do you think states should have a right to ban gender-affirming health care? I don't think any state or anybody should have the right to do that. 
as a moral question and as a legal question. I just think it's wrong. You know, I think I was saying before we started that my son, my deceased son, used to be the Attorney General of the State of Delaware. He passed the most, the broadest piece of legislation that he, as Attorney General, can, uh, was able to convince the legislature and the governor to sign that dealt with uh, all gender-affirming capability. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, you sometimes they try to block you from being able to access certain medicines, being able to access certain procedures, and so on. None of that should be available. I mean, uh, you know, no, no state should be able to do that, in my view. So I feel very, very strongly that, uh, that you should have every single solitary right, including, including use of your gender identity bathrooms in public. Thank you. Thank you. And it, it feels like Republicans have turned trans and non-binary people into this thing to blame society's downfall on in some ways. And this narrative is not only dangerous to our mental health, but also our physical safety. And particularly trans women of color are being murdered at an alarming rate. More than any other group of people. Thank you. How can Democratic leaders be more effective in advocating for us trans people and our families and our lives and our opportunities? I'm not being facetious when I say this, being seen with people like you. No, I mean it. I genuinely mean it. People fear what they don't know. They fear what they don't know. And when people realize, individuals realize, oh, this is what they're telling me to be frightened of? This is the problem? This is, I mean, people change their minds. People are just don't know enough to know. And it's not because of intellectual incapability, it's just lack of exposure. And, uh, and I think that uh, it's really important that we continue to speak out about the basic fundamental rights of all human beings and the idea the idea that what's going on, you know, in some states, I won't get into the politics of it, but in some states, it's just, it's outrageous, and I think it's immoral. The trans part's not immoral. What they're trying to do to trans persons is immoral. Thank you. And do you have any messages to the families of trans folks that are seeking, you know, uh, options for their children uh, but are struggling to find resources. Do you have a message to those parents? Yeah, I do. Um, this is blood of your blood, bone of your bone. And uh, um, it is, uh, again, speaking to my son, when he was, he was, spent a year in Iraq and he was a decorated soldier. He volunteered to go as- Things are going really well. Like I just had my first dance as a girl and oh, I can pay my bills and I'm building up a following and I feel supported. And you know what? I'm feeling lucky. Let's Google my name. Dylan Mulvaney is intentionally degrading women every time he does this woman face minstrel show routine. He is insulting and demeaning them and doing it on purpose and, he, and profiting off of it and he doesn't care. If that is the most attractive you will ever look.
then I don't even want to imagine what you'll look like when you're at your ugliest. Documenting his creepy, fetishized version of what it means to be a girl. Well, Dylan Mulvaney has had some surgery to make his face look more like Bruce Jenner's. Dylan Mulvaney has just given the best proof yet that transgenderism broadly, or at very least the type of transgenderism that he suffers from, is a sexual fetish. Dylan is not a woman. Dylan is playing a caricature of a woman. That one can say he is a woman and become one of the most influential women in America in just six months of wearing dresses and ironing his hair. The patriarchy always wins, gang. Oh, and there is Dylan Mulvaney as Audrey Hepburn. The difference being that Audrey Hepburn was an actual woman with a vagina. I showed it. What? Why would you give them even a second of your big day? Well, these are the people I have to deal with on a regular basis, so I thought I should include them in the evening. But that doesn't mean you have to listen to them. Well, I've always loved a little constructive criticism. Baby, there's nothing constructive about that. Right. And it's not just criticism, it's indoctrination. Mm -hmm. Trans and non-binary people have been around for thousands of years. My love, they want to silence us. They want to silence us and keep us in the matrix. Well, I think we've established that I really like to talk, so I don't think they're gonna have the best luck silencing me. <laughs> Truthfully, I don't know what their goal is, but I do know how they make me feel now that I've built up a thicker skin. It doesn't hurt me. Do you want to feel how it feels? Do you want to know, know that it doesn't hurt me? Do you want to hear about the deal I'm making? My response going forward, it's not over-explaining myself. It's not pleading. It's, um, it's not expecting kindness from someone who has no kindness to give. My response is in the next joyous video that I make. That's my response. And if I only could, I'd make a deal with God, and I'd get him to swap our places. Can we pause there? I'm gonna say something that might make people feel a little bit uncomfortable. Um. I'm trying really hard to maintain a relationship with God. And I don't think that he made a mistake with me. Um, and that maybe one day I will actually be grateful for being trans. That this isn't some curse, but it's just a different path to the same destination. Be running up that road, be running up that hill, be running up that building. And they can stick and they can mangle my joy into something ugly, something that fits an agenda. Um, but the only agenda I have is to be happy and to be healthy and to stay alive. <laughs> And um, if they can't support that, then I don't think that's support worth having. Because I look around this room and on this live stream, and I have all the support that I need right here.
really do have to say that um, all of this is because climate change is the crisis of our lifetime. We have an obligation to future generations to make sure that we have a planet for them to live on. And that's why I'm here, and that's why I'm working incredibly hard to make sure that we can realize that transition, that we can have diff differing energy sources. We can't uh, continue to um, be a one industry uh, country. We're seeing uh, and beginning to pay attention and to count and record uh, the deaths that are related to climate and by far the biggest killer is extreme heat. I mean, even in Europe last summer, which uh, has the ability to count and figure out what happened, they recorded 61,000 deaths because of the heat in Europe. We don't have that kind of number yet from Africa, Asia, Latin America, but we know and estimate that we probably uh, could uh, measure about 500,000 deaths. And the majority of those are women and girls, and particularly pregnant women. Uh All right, that's some good shit right there. We're going to start right with the last thing we did in the last podcast. I, I, you know, I just had a, this is a centerpiece of wokeness, that, that article right there. Going to rapid fire this stuff because there's just so much. Um, this one was another one that I just could not believe. Um, I, I just couldn't believe. I couldn't believe the media. I mean, I, I can't believe this. Minnesota. People rush to Minnesota because they can't... Um, let their kids be trans. And this was in USA Today, and this is back when I was arguing with that fucking piece of shit twat who blocked me on Twitter. Um, look at that picture. That kid doesn't even know it's Tuesday, but they know they're trans. Okay. Sounds good to me. America rejects trans ideology. WAPO poll finds 70% opposed puberty blockers for children, 80% support Ron DeSantis' position on Gen transgenderism so I, I, I want to keep this one for fucking ever because it isn't changing you're not going to change this here's the hot mic um, I'm going to play a bunch of stuff and we'll talk on the back side because I got to go through all this and find some of the um, sound bites well we'll just do it as we come along but this one was one of my favorites. Uh, Dems mocking parents because they won't go along with the crazy transgenderism shit the left wants. The state senators dismissed parental rights issues like shielding minors from pornography. They called it garbage and stupid. Watch this. And, uh, online parental garbage on the pornography bill. But he sticks a bill on top that we've rejected twice. And, and, and said that the Senate Democrats are playing politics with children's lives. I mean, it's just all a part of this parental crap that they're, that they're selling. This is why we have to keep the Senate. <laughs> yes, because the, the House is in the hands of the Republicans and they can push through all kinds of stupid things. And we rely on the Senate to kill it all. 
Look, they have constituents. They lead a lot of people. So, of course, Fox News. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's how they act, though. This is Veterans Affair with the gingerbread motherfuckers. I remember this story. It was a good one. Racial inequities and homeless. African Americans make up 13% of the general population, but more than 40% of homelessness because of racism and shit, which I don't know how you get that. I don't. Then we had, if you remember, we did the whole YouTube dude made an account that was 9 to 12, and then I made an account that was 9 to 12, and then we went through it, and YouTube just fed you all this stuff. Um, It's all bad stuff, and I'm going to play some. Hey there. I'm Linz, and my pronouns are they, them, theirs, and I am the creator of Queer Kid Stuff. And this is my best friend, Teddy. We are so excited to be sharing more Queer Kid Stuff with you. Together, Teddy and I are taking a look back at some of our favorite Queer Kid Stuff episodes with this compilation video. If you want to check out more cool Queer Kid Stuff, like our new project, Dear Queer Kid, you can sign up for our weekly newsletter and look at our website, QueerKidStuff.com, and support us on Patreon. If you love this video, Hey there! Welcome to Queer Kid Stuff! I'm Lindsay, and today we're celebrating Pride Month. We all are part of one big family. Kid stuff. It's June, everyone. That means it's LGBTQ plus Pride Month. June is a very special month for the LGBTQ plus community. We call June Pride Month and we celebrate the LGBTQ plus community in different ways for a whole entire month. It's not always easy for LGBTQ plus people to be themselves, so June is the one time every year when we all get together to celebrate our awesomeness. It's a lot of fun, too. Cities all over the world celebrate Pride Month with these huge parades, with music and dancing, and lots and lots of rainbow flags, just like this one. Rainbow flags are a symbol of LGBTQ plus pride. There are also a bunch of different pride flags that are symbols of pride for different identities. There's the trans pride flag and the bi pride flag too. These flags are awesome symbols of LGBTQ plus pride. Today, I have a very special song for you so we can all celebrate pride together. Sing along just 
Pride Month, everyone. We hope you take the time this month to celebrate all of the awesome things about the LGBTQ community. Thank you so much for watching Queer Kid Stuff. This whole month we're doing all Pride-themed episodes. Next time, me and Teddy will explain why Pride happens in June every year. If you ever have any questions about what Pride is, you can always ask your grown-up. And a huge, huge shout-out to our patrons over at Patreon.com. If you like Queer Kid Stuff and want to help us make more episodes like this one, you can support us over on Patreon. Check out the rewards over there. And that's it from me. I'll see you next time at Queer Kid Stuff. Hey there, I'm Lindsay. And I'm Teddy. Welcome, Welcome to, to Queer, Queer Kid, Kid Stuff. Stuff. Today we're celebrating Pride Month. We all are part of one big family. Teddy? Yeah, June! What's so special about June, Lindsay? Well, it's LGBTQ plus Pride Month, Teddy. We've already learned all about what Pride is with a fun new song. Just when you think that the world's gone wrong, you're not feeling strong. Shout what you feel inside. It's Today, I wanted to talk about what makes June such a special month for LGBTQ plus people. I'm really starting to like June. It's a really awesome month, and it's very special to the LGBTQ plus community. Do you know why, Teddy? Not yet, but you're gonna tell me. <laughs> That's right. So, Pride Month has to do with something called the gay rights movement and activism. Oh, 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 just like when you read that book. Yeah, we read A is for Activist by Inocento Santoro for one of our Storytime episodes. It's one of my favorite bedtime stories. It's a really amazing book, Teddy. And it does a really good job of teaching us all about the different parts of activism. We also learned about activism when we talked about the Women's March. Activism is all about wanting something to change and then doing something about it. Okay. So, the Women's March was activism? Yep. There are many different forms of activism, and many different things that people want to change. A is for Activist does a really good job of telling us what some of those things are. And, people who do activism are called activists. Teddy, do you know that I'm an activist? What? I'm definitely an activist, and doing this show is a big part of my activism. This is activism? Sure is. Does that... Does that make me an activist too? Definitely. And do you want to know a secret? Just watching and learning from queer kid stuff makes you an activist too. That's so cool! We're all activists! Yep. Okay, now let's get to what activism has to do with Pride Month. Oh, right. That's what we were talking about. So, Pride started way back in 1969. That's when something called the Gay Rights Movement started. And that's the activism part, right? 
Yep, Teddy. The gay or LGBTQ plus rights movement is an activist movement trying to change unfair things about being LGBTQ plus. Back in June of 1969, some of the laws we have now that keep LGBTQ plus people safe hadn't been made yet. Like marriage equality? Well, marriage equality is part of it, but that was a pretty recent one. Back then, some people tried to tell LGBTQ plus people that they weren't allowed to meet in places where they felt safe and free to be themselves. One of those places is called the Stonewall Inn. It's actually still around today, right here in New York City. Oh, Lindsay, I wanna go, I wanna go. We totally can, Teddy. These two awesome trans women, Marsha P. Johnson and Sylvia Rivera, were at the Stonewall Inn one night when this was happening, and they got angry about it and decided to stand up for their rights. This inspired a ton of other LGBTQ plus people to stand up for their rights too. I'm really glad they did that all together. Me too, Teddy. So that was a time here in the US that different groups of people were using something called protest, a form of activism, to make their voices heard and make the government listen to them and help them change these unfair laws. Now we call it the gay rights movement. Okay, and that's the activism and movement stuff, right? Because they're trying to change something? Yep, and it's still going on today. We all stood up for our rights for marriage equality, which was a huge win for LGBTQ plus people. And now we're all standing up together again for something called bathroom laws, which are really unfair to trans people and trans kids. It's not cool to treat anyone unfairly. You're definitely right about that, Teddy. So a big part of Pride is remembering the very beginning of the movement that night with Marsha and Sylvia at the Stonewall Inn. The parade that happens in New York every year actually marches right in front of Stonewall. Whoa, there's a lot more to pride than rainbows and flags. Pride is so, so important and has a lot of meaning behind it. But the rainbows and flags and celebration are all very important too. I love celebrating pride with you, Lindsay. I really like celebrating pride with you too, Teddy. Thank you so much for watching Queer Kid Stuff. This whole month we're doing all Pride-themed episodes. If you have any questions about Pride, you can always ask your grown-up. A huge thank you to our supporters over at Patreon. They are the best. Don't forget to subscribe for new videos every other Wednesday for season two. That's it from me and Teddy. We'll see you next time at Queer Kid Stuff. Hey there, I'm Lindsay. Teddy. Welcome, Welcome to, to Queer, Queer Kid Stuff. Stuff. Today we're celebrating Pride Month and talking about drag. Queer Kid Stuff. You are enough here at Queer Kid Stuff. It's LGBTQ plus Pride Month, Teddy. Today we're going to learn about something called drag. You ready, Teddy? Ready. Okay. So, Teddy, I've got a question for you. Okay, Lindsay. Do you ever play dress up with your friends? All the time. Great. Drag is kind of like dress up, but it's a very specific kind of dress up and adults can do it too. Dress up is my favorite, Lindsay. I'm a big fan too, Teddy. I'm gonna bring in some help on this one. Hi, Lindsay. Hi, Teddy. Hey. Hi. 
Thanks so much for helping me out today. Teddy, this is my friend, Jeff. Hi, Jeff. Can I ask you two questions before we start? What are your pronouns and how do you identify? I identify as male and I use he, his pronouns. Jeff, I was just about to tell Teddy all about what drag is. Think you can give us a definition? Sure. Drag is when you dress up as a gender that's not your own. And it's usually really exaggerated. Exagger... what? Exaggerated. That means it's over the top or not realistic. People usually use a ton of makeup and wear really awesome costumes when they're in drag. Okay, I get it. So, some drag you might see are boys dressing up as girls and girls dressing up as boys. These are called drag queens and drag kings. You can't tell right now, but I'm actually a drag queen. What? <laughs> yeah, give me one second and I'll introduce you to Mr. Hi, Teddy. Hi, Lindsay. Hi! Um, Mr. Mr. Yeah, Teddy. Um, Lindsay told me you're a drag queen. I am. Should I ask my questions again, even though I already asked Jeff? Yeah, you might actually get different answers from Mr. than you did from Jeff. Oh, okay. Mr., what are your pronouns and how do you identify? Well, when I'm in drag, I like she as my pronoun. But honey, you can call me whatever you want. <laughs> okay. Mr., I have a couple other questions for you. Sure. Why do you have a beard? When I do drag, I love to push the boundaries of gender. And also, doesn't it look great? It definitely does. What does a drag queen do? Drag queens are the hosts of the queer community. We make sure everyone's having a good time, whether that's performing lip sync numbers, singing live, or just doing some dance shows. That's actually kind of like us, Teddy. We host queer kid stuff. Yeah, just like us. So, are drag queens also transgender? They can be. Some of my favorite performers are trans people. Are you royalty because you're a queen? Do I look like royalty, Teddy? You do to me. <laughs> Thanks. What's your favorite song to lip sync? Well, most drag queens just perform some pop numbers. I like to do something different and perform some rock and roll numbers. Rock on, Mr. What's the difference between Jeff and Mr.? Lots of makeup. <laughs> wow. How long does it take you to do your makeup? Oh, actually, we're going to do a video on that next week. We're going to show you how Jeff transforms into Mr. I'm really excited for you to see that. You've got some excellent questions, Teddy. Do you think you understand drag a little bit more now? Oh, yeah. I'm so glad. Well, I have to head out now. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for coming. Bye. Bye. Mr. is so cool. Drag is so cool. I want to play dress up and wear fancy dresses and put on makeup and do all those cool you things. You totally can, Teddy. Thank you so much for watching Queer Kids Stuff. This whole month we're doing all Pride-themed episodes. If you have any questions about drag, you can always ask your grown-up. A huge thank you to our supporters over at Patreon. They're the best. Don't forget to subscribe for new videos every other Wednesday for Season 2 episodes. And 
that's it from me and Teddy. We'll, we'll see, see you next time at Queer, Queer Kid, Kid Stuff. Stuff. Hey friends, welcome to Queer Kid Stuff. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Teddy. And today we're celebrating Pride Month by spreading queer joy. Whoa, that's what your t-shirt says. Here at Queer Kid Stuff. You ready, Teddy? Ready, Lindsay. Okay. Teddy, do you know what month it is? It's Pride Month! That's right, Teddy. And can you remind our friends what Pride Month is? Pride Month is when is when queer people celebrate and there's a big parade and people are happy and there's lots and lots of glitter. Big parades and celebrations are a huge part of Pride Month, Teddy. It's the one month every year when the LGBTQ community comes together to celebrate. It commemorates the anniversary of the Stonewall Riots. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, I remember. Roll tape. Back in June of 1969, some of the laws we have now that keep LGBTQ people safe hadn't been made yet. Like marriage equality? Well, marriage equality is part of it, but that was a pretty recent one. Back then, some people tried to tell LGBTQ plus people that they weren't allowed to meet in places where they felt safe and free to be themselves. One of those places is called the Stonewall Inn. It's actually still around today, right here in New York City. Oh, Lindsay, I want to go, I want to go. We totally can, Teddy. These two awesome trans women, Marsha P. Johnson and Sylvia Rivera, were at the Stonewall Inn one night when this was happening, and they got angry about it and decided to stand up for their rights. This inspired a ton of other LGBTQ people to stand up for their rights too. And this is a super special Pride Month because it's the 50th anniversary of Stonewall. The Stonewall riots happened 50 years ago. Whoa. Because this Pride Month is so special, I've got a big surprise for you and our friends. What is it? What is it? What is it? We're celebrating Pride this year by spreading queer joy. What does that mean? It means we're spreading our queer joy, our queer pride, our queer happiness, our queer celebration this whole month. We're bringing everyone in the LGBTQ community together to celebrate this very special Pride Month with us right here at Queer Kid Stuff. Woohoo! We have a ton of new videos for you. For this whole month, we've teamed up with the drag queens from Drag Queen Story Hour right here in New York City. They bring drag queens into libraries, read LGBTQ picture books, do crafts, and sing songs. That sounds like fun. It's really amazing what they do. They have Drag Queen Story Hour all over the country. Wow. They'll teach us how to make our own flags and tutus, and we'll read stories and even meet some very special guests. That's so much stuff. And I have an even bigger surprise. Another surprise? To help us spread queer joy, we made an extra special Pride music video just to celebrate this super special ah! I'm so excited for you to see everything we've been working on and to spread queer joy with you. Make sure you subscribe to our channel and social media so you don't miss out. And if you like my t-shirt, you can get your very own by clicking down below and help us spread 
queer joy this whole month. That's it for today. Happy Pride, and we'll see you next time at Queer Kids hey Stuff. Hey there, welcome to Queer Kids Stuff. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Teddy. Today we're learning how to make our very own flags with Drag Queen Story Hour. Yay! Queer Kids Stuff. You are enough here at Queer Kids Stuff. You ready, Teddy? Ready, Lindsay. Okay, let's bring in the queens. Hello! Oh, hi! <laughs> I'm Harmonica. And I'm Reverend Yolanda, and we're here to teach you how to make pride flags. Oh, awesome. Before we get started, Teddy has a few questions for you. Um, uh, what are your pronouns, and how do you identify? My pronouns are she and her, and I identify as Harmonica. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and I'm also she and her, and I identify as trans femme genderqueer. Awesome. <laughs> All right, let's learn how to make our pride flags. Now, great. Before we start making the flags, Yolanda and I brought some examples just so you can see how it's done. And in the end, you'll have your own pride flag. <laughs> and I identify as trans, so I made a trans pride flag. It's just a little bit different than the rainbow flag. There are lots of different pride flags, Teddy. There's a bi pride flag, and an intersex pride flag, and a pansexual pride flag, non-binary pride flag. Is there a bear pride flag? <laughs> uh, well, technically yes, but let's stick with the rainbow flag today, Teddy. Now, let's gather our supplies. First, you'll need a colored construction paper and a scissors. And make sure you have a grown-up help you with the scissors. Mm -hmm. And we'll probably need glue and some sticks, mm -hmm. yes. Beautiful, so for step two, you wanna pick the colors that you want for your flag and cut them into very thick strips, sort of like this. Lindsay, can you help me with the scissors? I don't have thumbs. Of course, Teddy. <laughs> now line the colors up in the order that you want them and get your glue stick out. So now we're gonna line up all the pieces of the flag together. So take your glue stick and carefully put glue on one half of your strip, like that, mm -hmm. and then take the next strip in line and stick it on top of the gluey part of the first strip. There you go. Now the two strips are stuck together. <laughs> and keep doing that until all your strips are glued together like this. Oh, like the beautiful. one you have? Oh, okay. oh yeah. beautiful. <laughs> well, now you need to take out your sticks and glue the sticks to the colors of the construction paper. Okay. And all you have to do is glue the stick to the flag and you're done. Let the glue dry for a few minutes and you're done. Yeah. I made my very own pride flag. Yay! <laughs> Thank you so much for teaching us how to make our very own pride flags. Of You're course. welcome. You're so welcome. Awesome. The instructions for this craft are on our Instagram, at Queer Kid Stuff. We're spreading queer joy this month, so I wanted to thank Harmonica and Yolanda for helping us spread queer joy with Drag Queen Story Hour. And if you like my shirt, you can get it down below just by clicking the link. And that's it for us today. We'll see you, we'll next, see you next time, time at Queer, queer Kid Stuff. Stuff. Bye. Just when you think that the world's gone wrong You're not feeling strong Shout what you feel inside It's pride Summer 
and queer. Put all your fears aside for pride. Raise your rainbow flag and fly it high. Don't let the parade pass you by. Let's all join hands, stand tall and strong. Just be yourself and sing along. Just when you think that the Feeling strong, shout what you feel inside. It's pride, it's pride, it's pride, and sometimes you might mope with all there is to cope with, but the community's here. We're happy and queer We stand up and fight for our rights So oh, the future is bright It's bright So let's get together and all join hands United we stand Something will never hide It's pride It's pride With Being trans is so fucking hard and so fucking exhausting. Like, I have been misgendered all fucking day. Every single interaction, conversation, everything. Just misgendered from the beginning of the day to now. I'm just fucking sick of it. I'm sick of correcting people who won't listen. I'm, and I'm sick of people not seeing me. I'm sick of it. I'm so sick of it. And then I'm like, oh, well, if I went on tea, this would never happen. But I don't want to fucking go. I just want people to believe that trans people exist and to look at me and think for a split second, like, oh, maybe they don't want to fucking be called a lady. Maybe, maybe that's... ...on the mental health aspects of abortion. This is part of VA's overall training series on reproductive health. Person who is pregnant is more inclusive language. However, many of the studies that exist to date have not so far included trans men or non-gender binary people identified as such. Hello, my name is Emily Ashbaugh. My pronouns are she, her, and hers, and I'm really glad to be with you today. Some patients may be fearful, distrustful, or have preconceived beliefs related to reproductive health care, which may impact their decision-making based on their own experiences and the long history of reproductive injustice in this country. Language has a profound impact on what people hear and learn. When discussing abortion, please use these examples of clinically accurate language. There are many ways the VA can provide abortions, including on-site with providers, ordering prescription medications, or performing abortion procedures in outpatient clinics and operating rooms where available. VA also amended the regulations implementing the Civilian Health and Medical Program of the Department of Veterans Affairs, CHAMP VA, to remove the exclusion on abortion counseling and expand the circumstances under which abortions may be covered by CHAMP VA. And another common reason that's relevant to our talk today is that a sizable number of women report that they're not emotionally or mentally prepared. 
in the immediate aftermath of seeking an abortion. Those who were denied abortion compared to those who received it felt a lot more negative emotions, more regret, anxiety, and anger in particular. It is important to note that maternal bonding difficulty is substantially more likely after being denied an abortion. Now she feels helpless. She doesn't want to kill herself, but she feels like her life plans have been squashed, like she really has no options. Not only did most women have to pay for their transportation, but they had to pay for accommodations if they needed to stay overnight. The next most common reactions were negative, most notably sadness, guilt, or feeling upset. Nearly half reported not being at all upset when seeing protesters. Abortion restrictions, by contrast, can substantially curtail future life prospects. And among veterans, having a mental health diagnosis is associated with a greater likelihood of an unintended pregnancy. Using the word want is often painful for people who experience that. So in addition to not using the word baby, unless the veteran prefers the word baby, in the case of decisions about eligibility for VA-provided abortions, multidisciplinary decisions among clinical teams can really boost people's confidence when these decisions are consensual. Dr. Martin had validated and normalized her feelings and was interested in hearing more. In this case, some of the emotional advantages might include the privacy of being at home and not feeling like anything invasive is happening. Because of high proportions of risk factors like mental health burden, military sexual trauma, intimate partner violence, racial inequity, endorsing more myths about abortion has been found to correlate with more difficulty in making a decision. It's also the case that when the partner is uncertain or when the partner is actively opposed to abortion, that has been found to correlate with more difficulty making a decision. Those who are in that situation rarely regret the decision. They do have more post-abortion distress than people who immediately knew that they wanted to have an abortion. So regarding continuing with pregnancy and parenting, she thought that that might make her feel more purpose in life and maybe bring her and her partner Carter closer to one another. Okay, I know that was a lot of stuff, but that was one of my key ones we covered, queer kid stuff. Then you go into that poor detransitioner who's ruined for life, and then that's the VA. That is the Veterans Affair, and that's what they're pushing. So, yeah, that's bullshit. Turay, trans bathroom is a bad idea. It's othering and exclusionary and also is extremely dangerous for trans people because it gives people who want to hurt or kill them really easy way. Here's the deal. I know there's probably violence against trans people, but why can't anybody prove it? It's the other way. There's women getting um, sexually harassed or assaulted, not the other way around. Levine was all year saying, we're going to turn your kids. We'll turn your children. We'll gay them. No, whatever that thing is. After drag shows, free tickets for kids. That was happening all year because once they got caught, they said, screw it. 40%. Uh, did I not get this one? I don't think I got this one. Nope, I didn't get it. But I'm about to get it. Um, 
because th- this is where we start getting into the the, the problems that we're having uh, in my book are this stuff the high amount of students identify as LGBTQ at liberal arts colleges. Some as high as 70. Do the math on that. Tell me that's normal, that we just all... It just happened. This is from the Young Turts. She's saying, I'm a woman. I'm done with this shit. Shut the fuck up. I'm not a birthing person. I'm not a latchkey person. No, that's not who I am. This year, we also had a trans problem with them going and killing motherfuckers. But, of course, our media didn't cover it. So we had the Audrey Hale stuff. And, you know, I'm just going to read some. Meet the queer people who practice shooting and defending themselves. That's what was the same week. So it's good that trans are arming themselves. But we're not going to talk about, ooh. Maybe that's bad. Because maybe they're just as violent as crazy white people. Or those mega people that you say are going to kill everybody, but actually don't kill everybody. So, yeah, there's that. USA Today said the shooter was a transgender man. They misidentified the shooter. We had Anthony Rabal. I see the point, sir, but this tweet isn't really appropriate because he got killed. I don't have this tweet, tweet anymore. It got killed, but he basically said, hey, were they praying. It was a liberal talk show host. We had so many things come out of that. I'm not going to cover them all because you all know it. I don't condone Audrey Hale's action, though I understand their outrage. That was another liberal ex-awesome person. DC Antifa member Jason Charter was convicted for violent rioting in 2020. sent me the following message I reported out the Nashville Christian Shooter. Um, you are seriously a scumbag. You are blaming trans people for what occurred today when it's people like you that drove them to the brink. What they did was an evil act, but it wouldn't have happened if we just leave them alone. What, that girl was left alone. She did that all on her own. Washington Post at Cat Armarco was the one with, hey, oh well, maybe they weren't praying hard enough. Ed Kraskastein said that this right here and this is what he was replying to and this is a guy that was big on fucking CNN and he was all over the fucking place he said that this is the same thing as cheerleading is not 
not kosher. That's not kosher. It's not kosher at all. Do we remember this? This was at the Kentucky State House, and we're going to play this now. Uh, plus Audrey Hale's murder, which was a big deal, because I just said it the way they want you to see it, that she was murdered. And she wasn't murdered. She got what she fucking had come. First floor, first floor. Hold there, y'all. Somebody hold there. Hit that door. Rifle first. Rifle first. Blue, go. Go, 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 go. Go. Move. Move. I'm with you. Go left. Go stairs, go stairs, go. Go, 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 LPVO. Push it LPVO. Go right. Move, move. Watch out, watch out. Here's some more of that stuff. Legislation school shooting called Audrey Hale death a tragedy. That was a trans group. This was another one about the day of rage. Remember that? That was some good shit. Oh, I'm missing a bunch of my slides. Hold on a second. Somehow I didn't get my slides, which kind of sucks. So we're going to get all the slides in here. Um... Here's some of the stats, which are kind of interesting, that really, if there's a trans hate crime, it's done by African-Americans, not white. But you never hear that in the news, because why would you? I mean, it doesn't fit the fucking narrative. Um, 69% of people call themselves trans. Yeah, they don't do anything. You know? They don't do the chop, which is my rules. This was Reuters. 
former Christian school student, not killer, right? Not a not a killer. Which is fucking insane. And then the NIL commissioner, Pride Nights have been just kind of shut down because people weren't into it and they just don't understand that, so uh, okay, Jason Chansley released from prison after being sentenced for 41 months of January 6th charges because he turned trans. So that's kind of nice. Good for them. Uh, Tennessee Capitol got fucking stormed by the nut jobs. Um, and it spawned this soundbite. That's just some fucking bullshit. But it's not even close to this bullshit. I'm going to play what a uh, trans pastor said about Jesus and ABC saying that it's actually conservatives that are grooming trans kids. And you're here as an author this morning because of this book you've written, this memoir, and you felt it was really important as a drag queen to be writing this story here because you're looking at the history of drag in this country. Yeah, this is the book about drag that I always wanted to read, and it didn't exist. I wanted to trace drag and queer expression back to the Mesolithic age. This is something that has always been a part of human culture. I think that's the ultimate proof that what we're doing, that that our community is natural, that we belong here on this earth. Um, And I also want to show that the criminalization of drag is something that came later, that that was part of oppression, that that was tied to racism and misogyny in the world, and that people left to their own devices want to dress up and want to experience joy. And you know, I and there are those pictures right there. <laughs> and look, your book arrives at a time when we're seeing this this wave of anti-drag laws uh, being introduced in this country. What do you want to say to people right now? I want to say that drag is freedom. Drag preaches non-judgment, especially towards queer and trans people, but to everyone. We should have freedom over our bodies and how we dress and how we move and how we dance and dream. And I think anyone who finds that threatening is missing the larger point. I think people who, people, it's actually the anti-drag and anti-trans people who are trying to groom and shape their children to feel shame over something innocent and natural and human. And drag is an antidote to that shame. We want people to experience pride in themselves, joy, and have fun in this life. Life is hard. In their recording of Jesus' journey to the cross, the author makes a point of saying that the chief priests and the whole council were looking for false testimony against Jesus so that they might put him to death. Those leaders were looking for any excuse, valid or not, to crucify Jesus. 
And they found that reason. And that reason was solidified when the crowd shouted to release Barabbas. They had their final excuse. They would kill the one whose reputation as a teacher and healer and whose mission of love and dignity was so very threatening to their own reputation that they needed to kill him in order to preserve their good image. It's baffling to me that someone's existence can be so threatening that people decide they need to be controlled, that they need to have laws made against them, or even worse, that the people that they find to be so threatening should die. There are a significant number of people who have deemed that the fact that the Nashville shooter happened to be a trans person, so it's been reported, is just the excuse they need to call for the eradication of trans folks. Rather than focusing on the fact that we have a serious gun violence problem that continues to go unaddressed, rather than focusing on the fact that six people... God damn these fucking people, man. That's just some fucked up shit. So, let's take it to the house. This is uh, Grandma with a gun, but that's okay because it's a gun and they're trans and somehow. This is the New York Times. Tents on rights connect violence to transgender people come even though transgender people are rarely per perpetrated as mass shootings, which are overly carried out by cisgender men. But we had a spate of a bunch of them. I mean, just a bunch of them. Greg Sargent, Paul Wallman, Kentucky New Anti-Trans Horror signals a need for blue state havens. Yeah. We had a lot of articles during this time, if I can get it to work. I don't tell the men I date I'm transgender. And we had this picture. Um, we put it up in the show. But, uh, eh, let me see. I gotta, I'm about to clip it. I think a guy would, I hope a guy would check this. And uh, this is, you know, a lot of times, you know, if you actually find the one or two, this is why, because they look like a woman and then they get in there and yeah. More trans hatred. Okay, this is, this is, this is perfect. That's why I saved it. I, I saved some good ones this year. This is how they covered, uh, not more often than not, this is how they covered the trans shooter in Nashville. The shaman got out January 6th. That, that's what we're going to cover because we're not going to cover the fact that uh, she killed a whole bunch of fucking people. No, fuck that, dude. We're going to cover the shaman. Dylan Mulvaney was big. I already covered it. Here is another trans kid who... Uh, the media didn't cover, but she was in uh, Colorado, and she planned a shooting, and they caught it, so she couldn't kill anybody, which is great. USA Today said they're finding uh, advocates with 1 in 10 having come out by age 13 because they're getting brainwashed, and they thought that was truth, that, you know, hey, it's you guys, you're pieces of shit, but it really is that they're getting brainwashed at an alarming rate, because Democrats want to make little activists. And I get it, but I remember people saying, hey, you, you, you can't talk about religion. All right? Religion's bad. 
I remember that. And that's why we stopped religion in school. But for some reason now, um, the other way around is just not working. Um, I could play a video on this, but I'm not going to. During this time, this is what the White House looked like. It's a state religion. Bunch of, during June time frame, a bunch of LGBT bomb threats, but they didn't cover any of it because that was people getting pissed. We just had the abrosexual. That was a new thing that, you know, we're going to have to keep track of because it's new and it's everywhere. Getting to the end. USA Today's Women of the Year. We have woman, 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 woman. Let me see. We're all women so far. Women of Congress. Deborah Kefitz. Three dudes. Yeah, three dudes are the women of the year. Yeah. Yeah, that's nice. I'm trying to get to the end of it. I'm going to take this for the next show because we haven't covered this and somehow they got in here, so we're going to wait. This is another one about the state of Virginia, which is pretty scary. Um, And uh, WAPO. For some reason, I can't get that article. So we'll close on our This is America. And I picked uh, these sound bites because they pretty much sum up pretty well uh, our current state of poor media and injustice. Um, one's funny, and I lost it, so we're going to play that next. But this one's going to be somebody who dogged the president. And then there's a video of people storming a hearing, but it was never covered in the news because nobody cares because they were lefties. This is America. Don't that people feel very passionately, but I ask that we have order in this hearing room.
Yeah, that's kind of fucked up, boys and girls. That's kind of fucked up. But the first one's funny. But the second one, um, let's be honest. Only lefties can get get away with it. And then the last thing we're going to do is a quick this is Amer- uh, this uh, comedy section. And I'll try to get this down. Da- I know it's two and a half hours, but we are li- literally doing a whole fucking year. And the next podcast will be in the new year. So... You know, we won't we won't be covering any more about this 2023, which wasn't a great year. So this is a roast of all the people who did stupid TikToks, the lefties, which I thought was really funny. <laughs> Jimmy oh Fallon, host of Fox Across America, Fox News Radio, Fox Nation, joins us now. Jimmy, this is how you end the TikTok dancing trend. Teenagers <laughs> look at it and go, I'm out. Not doing it anymore. I thought we were covering an election, but this turned into a reality show called America's Got Issues. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's so embarrassing. And you know what every one of those candidates has in common? What? They're gonna lose. Ooh, yes. This is a desperate place to be, is like the creepy older person trying to look hip to court the youth vote. All you're actually doing is getting your information stolen from China. Congratulations. <laughs> but, but, but that's the question. Why? Why, when they're doing the calculus with their pollsters and with their strategists, do they think looking like the old drunk guy at the wedding is going to win them an election? Like, I don't see how those two things go together. Uh, they technically don't. But again, back to these being inept campaigns. Beto is a guy who used to stream his dental visits. You know that's what I mean? Right. He's and he just, got a haircut, live streams. He leads the league in cringe. You know what I'm saying? And he is a byproduct of the everybody gets a trophy mentality where you're special just for running, Beto, but he'll never get like the trophy of victory because of cringy garbage Look, like this. Let me just hop in here. I read that $200 million has been spent on Beto O'Rourke campaigns but, during his time on this planet. But think about all of the clothes, <laughs> wow. the sweatshirts. That, but think of all the clothes, the hats, the t shirts that have wound up in Honduras. Yes. To keep those We're people clothing. The kids. Senator Beto, President Beto, Governor Beto. The entire third world has a warm sweater tonight because of Beto campaign. Jimmy, it's been a long uh, election season. Oh has so some of the most notable moments from mm. some of the Democrat candidates may have been forgotten. We have a compilation for you right here. Watch oh, this. What qualifies you to be a U.S. senator? You have 60 seconds. Hi. Good night, everybody. Mrs. Dixon says that I kept students out longer than any other state. That's just not true. Kids were out for three months. I don't have the luxury of being a part of a good old boys club. I've been focused on the border since day one on this job. Oh, we should process them immediately into a path to citizenship. Jimmy, take your pick. I mean, I don't even know where to start, but I used to grow up thinking like people who worked in government were like, wow, these untouchable, mm-hmm. brilliant, high-minded folks. I, you, that is the most empowering montage you'll ever watch, because I watched it, I'm like, oh, I can be in the government. I can yeah. do anything. I mean, it's really embarrassing. There is also uh, the moment that everybody's talking about now, mm-hmm. and it's Sean Patrick Maloney saying people yeah. just need to eat Chef Boyardee. Yeah, and then, right. Yeah, and then Katie Hobbs uh, yesterday, she was doing a stump speech. It was yesterday, the day before, mm-hmm. and she said that uh, she understands that every election cycle, we always say it's the most important one. But mm-hmm. if you vote for Republicans, it could be the last election <laughs> we'll ever have in this country. Katie Hobbs should have just did a TikTok dance. I mean, at that point, this <laughs> that is the worst closing argument I've ever heard. I know we suck, but if you throw us out now, you won't get to throw us out next time. Like, they're admitting they suck. Just give up, well, man. Uh, Tina Kotek, running for uh-huh. governor in Oregon, didn't want to be outdone. So she wants a meth stable 
Civilization Center in Portland. She wants it so much, she put an exclamation point in her tweet. Hey, there we go. That's so, a so, thing? Yeah, Jimmy, whether it's an <laughs> insult, whether it's a lie, thinking the debate was over before it started, uh -huh. good night, everybody. Yeah. How did these candidates survive this? Uh, I don't know that they did. I don't know that we did. You know, they've made it. They've kind of made it to the finish line, but I don't see Fetterman uh, winning this thing. Although, in his defense, if you think, like, his speech patterns can be a little slow, where do you see the vote count in Pennsylvania? We're going to be fighting on Thanksgiving Day over the football game and the vote count. You know what yeah. I mean? It's never going to end. That's, That's right. the point. He's already filed a lawsuit every time people wish me. Yeah, every time everybody's like, happy election day, I'm like, yeah, okay. Happy election month. I know. This is crazy. It is crazy. Uh, we don't know. I, the flubs are one thing. We don't know what's going to happen with the results, but 40 million people have already cast their vote early. What? As people are saying that um, Republicans are trying to undermine. Oh, it's so dumb. Listen, so also that. I got my mail-in ballot. I looked up and down and sideways. I couldn't find where democracy was. That is some funny shit. And that completes our 2023 review. A Flower Politic podcast. I know it's long, but it's a whole freaking year. I used to do like two shows, and I just took it down to one. For my year in review, it's been a very interesting year. I think I've improved health-wise, but mentally I've been worse. And, you know, I went to the doctor. I go back the ninth. I'm going to start doing that and taking some medication, get off my depression. I don't know if I'll ever kill all this crush and stupid shit I'm doing in my sleep, but I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do about that. Hopefully I'll just stop because it's kind of annoying to have the same dream every night with some A-lister driving in a car, taking left turns, and then going to a coffee shop. That's just bizarre and annoying. But at least I have a plan. Moving to 2024, try to get a job, and go back to work because I'm feeling better. Um, I think some work would definitely help me, give me some focus. And then I'm going to start a new project. So the new project is going to be Old Dude Music Review on YouTube. And the first one got crowd struck or copyright struck. So I think I have to put a graphic over the top of it. So I'm going to go back and try to do that um, and reshoot the fucking thing because it got dorked. The channels up here, um, it'd probably be easier to search old dude music review because the channel ID, I couldn't change it to old dude. It turned into a bunch of letters and crap. Um, so it, you can find it. I'm going to do an audio version today of it so that you have an audio of the music and they're going to have an audio of this um, to complete it and I'll do next week's will be Soundgarden Super Unknown tire album under one hour covering the important songs um, kind of give me something else to vent about I think it'll be enjoyable for this one we'll do uh, three January Year of the Lord 2024 will be our next podcast until then, that's going to rock all our devices. Don't give the yeah yeahs. This year, I've had more listens than I've ever had. I think everybody is listening. Please use foppodcast at gmail.com for anything you want me to cover, or anything you think I can improve on. It's a year in review, so you review me. Send me an email and tell me what sucks about the show, what I need to prove about the show, and let me improve it because I really enjoy doing this and I'm not going to stop, but I'd also like to broaden it out and have more people listen. And there's probably some things I could do better. So give me my report card for 2023. I know it started slow because I was sick as fuck, but I think we picked up, got more shows in at least two a week. And uh, I noticed about two to 300 people are listening. So that's freaking awesome. And I thank every one of you. Hope you have a great new year. Hope you have health, prosperity next year and your family. And you are super happy. 
because that's all that really matters in the end. And I will talk to you in 2024. As always, thanks for listening. Take care. Every death is a tragedy, y'all. Seven lives.